Hey friend, I am so excited you're here. I'm Marianne Anderson. You might know me from This Loud House on Instagram, and I have a secret to share with you. I'm not really an expert, but I have a ton of friends who are. And each week you can join us for inspiring, fun, and practical tips on how to decorate your home, organize your space, take care of your body, chase those dreams, rock that outfit you just got at Target. And girl, we're going to help you with what the heck to make for dinner too. This is the Life Sunny Side Up Podcast. Welcome. Y'all, I'm so excited to be sitting down with Tiffany Jo Baker today. She is a mom of two teenage daughters. She is a surrogate birth mom of five, which includes two sets of twins plus one. And she's the wife to one extreme outdoorsman. And as a three-time surrogate speaker and goal-getter, she thrives as a right-hand woman, dream carrier, and project manager for entrepreneurs, leaders, and couples dealing with infertility. Her coaching certifications and master's degree in professional counseling have opened doors for God to use her from the breakfast table to the boardroom as a coach, confidant, and cheerleader for those fighting for their dreams. So whatever your everyday or most daring dreams look like, your time with Tiffany will increase your faith, give you a path to follow, and help propel you into your future. All right, let's be real. How many of you have ever gotten in a tiff with your kiddos over making their bed? I mean, come on, right? We've all been there. And you guys, I felt like I was just losing the game because even if they made it, it was just, you know, a hot mess and it never really looked made. Enter my new best friend, Betty. You guys, these are handmade beddings that actually zip up. It is that easy. All they have to do is zip up their bed in the morning and you have a beautifully made bed. They are amazing quality. I have them in my boys' room. I have them in my girls' room. It is a combo. Your fitted sheet, your blanket, and your comforter all in one. They're so easy to wash whenever my boys sometimes have an accident in the night. I throw them in the washer and then I throw them in the dryer and it's so easy. My kids love them. Their rooms always look neat and clean and I don't have to be like, go make your bed anymore. All I have to say is, hey, zip up your bed and it's become a game. So you guys definitely go check them out and we have a special code for all of our listeners and you can actually get 20% off. They have so many cute styles. I know that you're going to love them. So all you have to do is go to www.bed bedease.com, B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. And make sure that you enter the code thisloudhouse20 for 20% off your order. You are going to love them. Your kids are going to love them. It's going to change your relationship with your kids as far as making their bed. So y'all check them out. Oh, my friends, how excited I am to be sitting down today 
with my girlfriend, Tiffany Joe Baker. And you guys, we connected, I want to say about two years ago on my favorite platform, Instagram. And I just feel like this woman is a cheerleader of women and she is a light. But Tiffany, for listeners that might not know who you are, share with us a little bit about yourself and becoming Tiffany Joe Baker. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. I think that's such a big question. Who is Tiffany Joe Baker? Well, she's definitely very quirky. She's definitely a lover of people and of purpose. And the way people know me most often is I've been a surrogate three times. And when I initially tell women that, especially those who have birth babies or those who want to birth babies, they're like, oh my goodness, you've had babies for other people. And right. your body has expanded a million ways for other people. But yeah, I am a surrogate, a speaker, a strategist, and I just love to help people birth their dreams. I know when I first saw that, I was like, wait a minute, what? That is unbelievable because I've, I've never met a surrogate mom before. So that's really cool. <laughs> I love that. Well, let's just go ahead and start there. How in the world did that happen? And first of all, I know you have two teenage daughters, which is incredible because you look amazing. I can't even believe it. You guys will see on her <laughs> Instagram. I'm like, wow. But how in the heck did surrogate happen? I'm so curious. In a million years, I never would have thought I would get pregnant with other people's babies. Like in growing up, I always saw myself as a CEO, the first female president. You know, I had all of these high hopes and aspirations for a career world. And what did you know? God gave me the gift of amazing pregnancies. Like no morning sickness, just the glow the whole time. I had our girls naturally, no epidural in like four hours from start to finish. So it just was like, that was a thing. And I didn't realize it was a thing like that pregnancy, you could have good ones and bad ones. Like I didn't even know, but I was pregnant with our second. And one of my friends came into work one day at a preschool and I said, I just shared my announcement. I was pregnant. And I looked at her and I got a reaction I didn't expect to get. And it was like this look of pain and joy flashed across her face all at the same time. Mm. And she had never told me that she was struggling with infertility, but I got it in that instant when I saw her face. And right then something just in my heart, and I know it was the Lord, was saying to me, I've given you a gift. Wow. And it, that's kind of like where the thought, the idea started is like, I realized that I had the gift of pregnancy. And I thought to myself, I would do that. I would carry somebody else's baby. And so that's really where the idea was planted. It grew from there over the years. You know, we just waited for the right time for our family. And we knew we were good with two. Two was great for us. And so kind of throughout the next about three or four years, just that thought just kind of kept growing and kind of was confirmed over and over again until I started researching. Wow. Wow. Now, so I'm assuming there's like this whole process and there's like an agency and... Yes, there's a whole thing. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that because I just, I, I don't know anything about it. It's so interesting. Yeah. So I started doing the research. So this was back in probably about 2008, 
2009. So I started researching it. And yes, there's agencies all over the U.S., but I found when I lived near Dallas in North Texas, and I found a small Christian agency in Dallas and put my application in and in the mail, this big, thick package. I mean, you have to go through medical history, why you want to do this, you know, finances, all the things. And when I put it in the mail, this thick package, before even the next day, before even 24 hours later, I got a call from the director and had made it to her office. She opened it up. She read it. She called me and she said, Tiffany, I have a couple that has been waiting for two years for somebody like you. Wow. And I immediately just went into, I was driving and I just kind of went into the ugly cry behind my sunglasses. And I just felt like there was just this moment of destiny. Like really like, this is it. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I'm going to cry because I'm hormonal now after having all those babies. Right. Um, (laughs) And that's kind of where it starts. And then from there, the agency just works to match you and you kind of do almost like, almost like in the matchmaking world for dating. It's Mm -hmm. very similar. You get to look at each other's profiles. You get to do a call and ask each other questions because they really want it to be where you choose each other. Right. Because this is like, you know, this is a big deal. It's so a big like, deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. So you both want to make sure that you are very comfortable with each other. With each other. You desire the same thing from the, the surrogacy journey and the relationship and have the same views on things like selective reduction and termination of pregnancies and all the things. So, and wow. lifestyle. And so you kind of go through this process. You even have to meet with a counselor and, and make sure you're not all the way crazy. Like, right. you know, they, you have to be a little bit to do this, but they really, you know, do background checks. It's quite an in-depth process. It's not for the faint of heart. You know, you go and do medical tests with their doctors, the fertility clinic. So it's this whole, this is whole big process. Now, what did your kiddos say? How did you bring this up to them? And I'm just thinking about like talking to my kids about this and the confusion. How old were your girls? What did they say? When we were matched and it was time, actually, when we started the interview process, they were four and six. So we are very strong in family decisions. We knew this would be a family ministry. We knew that this would affect them almost as much as it affected me because in the event, if I would go on bed rest, that would take mommy out, right? Right. Daddy will have to step up even more than he does. He's a great dad, but it's a family decision. So as much as they could at the age of four and six, we presented it to him like this. We said, girls, they're both girls, Trinity and Selah. We said, Trin, Selah you are the greatest blessing that the Lord has blessed us with. You are absolute pride and joy. We love you so much. You're the greatest blessing. We want to help other families who aren't able to have babies and to be blessed as much as we are. What do you think about that? And they're like, yeah, you know, they were- Sign me up. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. When And the first family I carried for, I carried boy twins. Oh my goodness. And so our youngest was like, I want a baby brother. Can, <laughs> like, yeah. Can we keep it? Like, can we keep them? They're so cute. My husband is fixed, so we shall not be keeping any of them. Right. But so that was, you know, we had to walk through that and be like, no, baby, you remember this is their babies. Mommy mm-hmm. is just the nanny. Mommy is carrying them like a kangaroo pouch and is carrying them for this family. And we've gotten really close with all of our families. I can't think of more than maybe one or two over all three journeys that Mm -hmm. the parents weren't with me at the doctor's appointments every time. So Mm -hmm. the girls know the families, the families treat my girls like theirs. It's definitely a big family thing. 
Now that these babies are older, are you still in communication with the parents? What does that look like now? Every family is different. Every, every relationship that we have with each of the families is very unique and different. And we love each, each relationship. The first family, they are very private about that journey. So we keep in contact just between us. It's not something that people know about as far as in their sphere, they're in government and things like that. So they like to keep it a little more reserved and keep their, their personal life personal. Yeah, yeah. As they can and should. So we keep up to date through Facebook and messages and things like that. The other two families are very open about their journeys. They help other people, you know, we'll talk to people about it. The second family I carry boy girl twins for. Wow. So two sets of twins. Two sets of twins, yes. Two sets of twins. And that mom is in the process of finishing her memoir because they had one son and then she went through seven miscarriages trying to have their second. And so when I went in to be a surrogate and she saw that it was twins after seven miscarriages, I mean, she just jumped in the sonogram room Oh my goodness. and Jess was like so excited and just shouting for joy. And it was, it was just awesome. Oh man. I mean, what an experience. I, I can't even, all of those emotions that you guys as a family went through. Now, did you ever feel, Tiffany, a bond with a baby? I mean, was that hard having birthed your own babies? Uh, to me, that's kind of the elephant in the room, you know, you yes. have a baby and then you hand the baby over. And what yeah. was that like? Yeah, I think that's probably the number one question I get. Yeah. Was, like, what it, was it hard to give up the babies? Right. And, you know, I'm going through the Enneagram and life languages and things like that. Like I know I am a logical person. I'm an analytical person, a cognitive person. So I went into this knowing what my role was, Mm -hmm. very logically based and knowing that my job is to help be a piece to the puzzle to help them grow their family. So I saw myself more like a god mom or an aunt Mm-hmm. Then I, I knew, you know, logically it wasn't any of my pieces, none of my parts, you right, know, right. it's just like, there's nothing biological. I was definitely invested and bonded and love the babies and, and, and the children, the ones that are grown, but I don't look at them like, oh, that was my baby. Like, I think it was such a fulfilling emotional experience when they were born and when the parents, you know, held them for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, and had that experience and did the skin to skin and we had separate rooms. So it was like my husband and I would go back to my room and I would start healing and going through that process. And the parents would go to a separate room and start bonding with the babies. And then of course we visited while we were still in the hospital and things like that and kept up, but it was just fulfilling. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't sad. Of course, there's extra hormones going on and, and emotions and, and things like that, but it was, it's just beautiful. And your personality, it was such a perfect fit for this. What's your number on the Enneagram? I'm interested. You know, I, it's so funny because I just did this like six-week study trying to figure myself out and I still can't figure myself out. But that I definitely know the, the intelligence is definitely head. I'm definitely yeah. the, the yeah. head intelligence. So I Ooh. love it. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, so if you never want to miss a podcast or any of the scoop that's going on around here, go to www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You get all the fun freebies that I send out and you can join our amazing community. Again, it's www.thisloudhouse.com and subscribe. 
Well, is there anything that you feel like you would do different in the whole surrogate process? Any regrets? Mm, That's a great question. I don't know. I don't think I've ever identified a regret or like something that I wish I would have done. Maybe write more down because you think you're going to remember it, right? (laughs) Right. Remember, even with my own children, like you think you're going to remember all the things, but like people ask me questions. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like how much did they weigh? Um, you know, they were both healthy and they're both like six pounds. It was like 12 pounds of baby. I I don't know. Right. I wish I would have probably written more down and just been more strategic that way to be able to remember those, those milestones and those moments. Now, here's the other thing I'm dying to know. Did you really have a perfect pregnancy with twins? I mean, that is a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. No, I did not. I mean, perfect, almost perfect. Uh Uh, I definitely had a, a, I call it the blah. Like I wasn't throwing up except for I would gag on the prenatal vitamins because I have a real hard time time taking vitamins and pills. So if I would gag every once in a while, I would would vomit, but not from necessarily just the morning sickness. And with twins, towards the end, I started getting high blood pressure. Mm Mm-hmm which can be normal for, for twin pregnancies. So since I did twin, twin single for my surrogate, surrogacy journeys, all three of those had higher blood pressure. And actually the babies all went home before I did from the hospital because they kept me there monitoring me and helping to get my blood pressure back where it needed to be. How did you carry them to term like 36, 37 weeks? For twins, it's about 36. They consider full term 36 weeks. So I was right around 35. Okay. Wow. That is so interesting. And did you do it without an epidural? I'm good. I'm going to like pass out. Oh no, no, because it was C-sections. I did C-sections. So I've done my two natural, no epidural, and then all the surrogacy journeys were C-sections. Oh, now is that a choice? Is that how they do it? Well, originally we went in wanting to do vaginal and the doctor that we were working with, he had one too many times where with twin pregnancies, even if they're both head down, once you deliver one, sometimes the other one will flip. Mm. And then to do an emergency C-section, it's like 10 minutes and you'll bleed out way before then. So we're right. like, okay, yeah, C-section's okay. We'll, we'll go there. Once yeah. we did one, like, okay, just continue. Let's right. just keep going. <laughs> now, somewhere in this process, Tiffany, you have also become a speaker and you do so many things. Talk about that journey. Was this going on at the same time? Was that a process? How did that happen? Throughout the years, I've done different speaking engagements and things like that. My husband and I have been in ministry and marriage and family ministry, youth ministry since we got married. We've been married for 19 years. So I have led studies, spoken, taught, all the things. But through the the surrogacy journey, I started to really realize more how God uses me and where my, my gifting really lies. And it's so interesting how he connected the dots, but he really uses me as a dream carrier and as somebody who comes alongside women to help birth their dreams. Mm -hmm. And so now I get to do that for the moms who are at home, the moms who want to be moms, ministry leaders, entrepreneurs, I come alongside them, strategize and really project manage their dreams, whether it's a baby, a book, do book launches, podcasts, social media. So just help them get out their dream and carry it until it's birth. So that's how God kind of 
you know, mixed all of, you know, when you look back on your life, I feel like I'm so old and 41, right? You look back and you kind of connect the dots and you'd be like, oh, that's why, oh, that's yeah. why. And it kind of leads to the next thing. And he's so cool like that because it starts to make sense and it starts to put all the pieces together. And I feel like that's what the surrogacy journey kind of did. I've been, I've been a coach, a life coach since 2010 with a master's in counseling. And so I've always coached people for a very long time. But to bring this twist to it of, of coaching and strategizing and project managing, the birthing of dreams and the projects and the purposes and walking those out from a logical perspective, because that's how I see things. I see from A to Z and here's the steps. This is what we need to do to get there. That's just naturally how I'm wired. So, so God's allowed me to come alongside women and help them do what they're called to do. That is so cool. And to, and like you said, everything, it, it points you to the next thing and to find that purpose in, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly is, is just awesome. Now, how are you balancing all of this <laughs> with teenage daughters? I need to know. My daughter is turning 13 next week. So I need all the oh, advice to be that you have. So many hormones in my house. We oh, have man. 16 year old, 14 year old, and then even our pets. We've got a girl bunny and a girl dog, my poor husband. And he's like oh, the no. outdoorsman. So he literally flips hunting properties for a living. And so like, that's his out from all the hormones. He's like, peace. I'm out. I'm I love going it. to the land. I think it's really just what I do with my clients. It's focus. It's finding the focus and knowing what my focus is for the season. In. Like mm-hmm. this season, this three months, this six months, this year, like what am I supposed to be doing? What are the top three things that I'm supposed to be focused on today, this week, and in this season? And just really strategizing for myself, allowing myself to say no to the good things so I can say yes to the best things, figuring out what's energy producing for me and making sure that that's a part of it. Because like my pastor has said, the best gift you can give somebody is a healthy you. So making sure that I'm prioritizing myself and that my cup's full so that on the overflow, I'm able to give to my precious teenage daughters, to my husband, who's the complete opposite for me. And then I primarily have three main clients right now that I work with and, and giving them what they need. So really, I have to be plugged into the source. And for me, that's God. And yeah. to really be filled on a daily basis. So I have something to give everybody in my sphere. You know, one of the things that I hear more and more, and since you and I are both on social media all the time, is the comparison game with women in any aspect of, you know, whatever their career is, is so Mm -hmm. strong and such a struggle. I know for me, it can be a struggle too. How do you, how do you combat that, Tiffany? Do you struggle with comparison? And what would you say to somebody that does struggle with it? You know, I, I definitely did not think this is where I would be at 41. Like God took me on this big pivot with the whole surrogacy thing and then the coaching thing and then pivoting my niche and all the things. And so I did not think this is where I'd be. Like in my mind, because I'm a planner, I would, I would have been a million steps ahead of where I'm at now. So I really, for me, it's, it's, I don't necessarily look at the other people. I'm my own worst critic because of the plan I had for my life. And so for me, it's really taking it back to what matters most. I have to constantly be reminding myself of what's really is significant and what really does matter at the end of the day. 
Like at the end of the day, if my clients got a million likes and engagement on social media or the podcast was downloaded 30,000 times, like at the end of the day, does that matter? Or does it matter that I come home to a happy home? Right. Like really what matters is that there's peace in my house. And from that peace, then I can continue to do what what I'm going to do. So for me, the comparison game and issue is more in myself on where I thought it would be. And just, just trusting the Lord and his plan and his purpose. Because when I look back over my life, he's always been faithful, even though I didn't understand it all. He's always been so faithful. So for me, it's more of a trust issue. Are there certain things that you do to unplug and like reset and really be present with your girls and with your husband? I know I'm seeing more and more people going off of Instagram for the weekend, you know, saying Mm -hmm. see you on Monday and it's inspiring to me. Do you have certain practices that you do? I'm a super homebody. Like people think I'm extrovert. I'm like, no, like I'm, I can do it. But I just love to be home. And we strategically, about three years ago, started renting out our house that's in the city, that's in Frisco, Texas, which is a super fast-paced area of North Texas. And we strategically downsized to a tiny home on a half acre across from horses, about 15 miles outside of the city. And for us, that was a strategy to really disconnect from the busyness of of our life not have to spend so much time maintaining our stuff and really prioritizing making memories as a family because you know the kids grow so fast our 16 year old is starting dual credits starting college in a couple of weeks as a junior doing dual credits and started driving just two months ago and we're starting college campus tours already so it, it flies so we're real we try to be real intentional to make memories, even if it's just around our kitchen table laughing. Like we laugh all the time, you know, a family of girls and the fart app comes out yeah. all the time and, and we're, you know, a family of girls. So really just simple moments, making memories and, and really, you know, something simple we do every week is after church on Sundays, we go as a family, we take turns to the family who gets to choose where we go eat. So, you know, it's like my husband and me and then Trinity and Selah and we just, we get to everybody gets a choice and we just go and, and laugh and have, have lunch together. So that's something simple that we do, but yeah, just really having to be strategic in the little moments we do get, cause you don't get, we don't get quantity anymore. So we have to focus on quality. Yeah. You're so right. Time is a thief. It really is. Mm. I mean, it just uh, unbelievable how fast it goes. When did you know that you were finished being a surrogate? Like it's over done. The shop is closed. <laughs> Well, I'm actually in the process of doing it again. No. Oh my. (laughs) I thought the shop was closed. Like every time I thought the shop was closed. So yeah, we're in the process of the paperwork and that whole, that whole process again. So this will be fourth C-section. Wow. And so this will be, this will be it. This will be the final. Um, I'm pretty sure my OB will say no more after this. But he did clear me for the for a fourth C-section. So we're just prayerfully believing that that this will work. The family we're working with has one frozen embryo, so we're oh. just, we're believing that 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 will do it. And it's an in vitro. That's how they do it. IVF. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. And do you still do, Tiffany, the support groups for infertility? And I know you were doing some things with that, right? I am. I I do work with some ministries Mm -hmm. and some fertility groups as like a fertility support coach. Some, Mm -hmm. Some groups use me like that. 
to help them through the process. And I do speak at some fertility support ministries and things like that. The second family and I that I carried for her and I have started a ministry called Baby Blessings Ministry. And we have people that make beanies and prayer blankets and things like that and just for free gifts for our families who either have struggled with a loss or who are believing for their, their babies. Wow, that is just unbelievable. I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch this journey. And if you guys go on Tiffany's Instagram, there's this really fun picture of you. I think you called it the prom picture where you're oh, yes, with Trinity. Yeah, where you're pregnant and then the, the mom is behind you. That is just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, I know who are just so excited to connect with you. What are some of the ways that they can do that, Tiffany? Yeah, they can find me at TiffanyJoeBaker.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Tiffany Joe, J-O Baker. And are you still taking new clients as far as coaching for somebody that maybe is wanting to get their business up and going? You know, what are some of the ways that you're helping right now? Yes, I definitely do strategy sessions for couples, for entrepreneurs, those who want to get into podcasting or book launches, things like that. So I do strategy sessions and then also help get them a plan to move forward and help them focus because usually those entrepreneurs who are online are creatives and they have all the ideas. So they need someone like me who can come in from an outside perspective and really help them choose what's most important this season and focus on those top three things and give them a plan to help them move forward. Yeah. An action plan, right? Because it is... I have those moments too where I'm like, you can have all the content in the world, but you got to get it together. Well, you already answered part of my question, but what is next for Tiffany Jo Baker? Is there going to be a book? Is there, what do you think is on the horizon beyond a baby? (laughs) Yes. Well, yes, baby. I I have about three books in the, I'm working on book proposals for, and then also probably going to start a podcast. Oh, I'm excited. Yes, yes. A friend and I are in this the planning stages of starting a podcast as well. That is so cool. Well, you guys, I know that you're going to be so blessed by this woman. You definitely need to get in her space. She just radiates. I I just, you radiate like positivity. And that's really what this podcast is all about. You know, choosing to live life sunny side up. We all have crap that happens in our life, but we have a choice, right? Of how we react to it. So I just appreciate your time and your friendship. And, oh, this is the other thing I was going to mention. I know on your Instagram, you have this great download, like survival. Bible guide. Yes. I download for free, right? Yeah. It's a 17 page don't quit survival kit and it helps you focus on your areas of soul care, self care, and dream care. I need that. Like that needs to happen. <laughs> that is getting downloaded as soon as we're <laughs> You got it. Oh, man. Well, my friend, I wish you all the best. And hopefully all those hormones won't be too crazy. At least we're getting to go into the winter. So, you know. Praise. Yes. Right? That's going to be great, especially living in Texas. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate you so much. And I just really value everything that you shared. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, y'all. So if you would like to join our community on Facebook, we have a special group just for you. You can continue the conversation off the podcast online. Simply join the Life Sunny Side Up podcast group. Just search in your groups. It'll come up and I will be so excited for you to be a part of this amazing community.